Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved. How are you, dear family? So good to be with you. So good. I'm having a, quite a loud feedback. I hope you're not on your end. Um, today is a most special day. It is uh, for us, the Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope, the, um, uh, our number one feast, feast day, our number one feast day. It is the presentation of our Lord in the temple, the purification of Mary, and um, candle mass, all three. It's so, so magnificent. I'm going to read you just a, a really short um, summary of it. Um, And I'm reading from um, the significance, the title, uh, an article from Catholic Stewardship Consultants, actually, um, the significance of the presentation of the Lord. And it reads traditionally, and I'm I'm excited about this for so many reasons, but uh, today is the last day of Christmas, Christmas tide. Traditionally, today, the presentation of the Lord in the temple is the last day of Christmas. So let me read this to you. Um, Traditionally, the church has set aside February 2nd in observance of the presentation of the Lord or the day in which Joseph and Mary presented Jesus to the priests and elders in the temple. For years, this feast, which in the United States is only formally celebrated when it falls on a Sunday, that's just such a shame, Um, formally celebrated, Um, It marked the end of the Christmas season. In old days, the presentation was often referred to as candle mass, um, and it was celebrated by a candle-lit procession into the church, signifying Christ as the light of nations. Many parishes do this today and have candles and have a procession around the church or the neighborhood or at the very least inside the church. Um, and it, it Nova Sordo as well as Latin parishes. <clears throat> Known originally as the Feast of, of the Purification of the Blessed Virgin, the Feast of the Presentation of the Lord is a relatively ancient celebration. We know that the church in Jerusalem was observing the feast early, as early as the first half of the 4th century and likely earlier. According to Jewish law, the firstborn male child belonged to God, and the parents had to buy him back on the 40th day after his birth by offering a sacrifice, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons, and uh, in the temple, and thus the presentation of the child. On that same day, the mother would be ritually purified, thus the purification. So it is the purification of Mary and the presentation of our Lord. And candle mass indicating that the light of the world has come. Um, Mary and Joseph kept this law, even though since Mary remained a virgin after the birth of Christ, she would not have had to go through ritual purification. Um, 
But in the Gospel of Luke, Luke recounts the story. Originally, the feast was celebrated. This is something I didn't know. Originally, the feast was celebrated on February 14th, which is the 40th day after Epiphany, because Christmas was not yet celebrated as its own feast. So normally, it would be 40 40 days after the birth of a child. And according to the Mosaic Law, and Joseph and Mary were born under the law. Our Lord Jesus was born under the law, and he kept the law, the Mosaic Law, perfectly. But Christmas wasn't yet celebrated, and so it was counted from the Epiphany, um, the 40th day after the Epiphany, uh, which was January 6th, because Christmas wasn't celebrated yet as its own feast. And so the Nativity, Epiphany, the baptism of the Lord, and the feast celebrating Christ's first miracle at the wedding in Cana were all celebrated on the same day. And they are because those are the three theophanies of our Lord, the three appearances of God in human flesh, first at his nativity, then at the baptism of the Lord, and finally at the wedding feast of Cana, um, his, the revelation of who he is. Um, by the last quarter of the fourth century, the church at Rome had begun to celebrate the nativity on December 25th, um, and so the feast of the presentation was moved to February 2nd, which would be 40 days later, after Christmas, after the nativity, which it still is today. <clears throat> when Christ was presented in the temple, there was a man in Jerusalem, and this is right out of Luke chapter 2, a man in Jerusalem named Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. End quote. The consolation of Israel is the Messiah, beloved. He is the hope and consolation of Israel and the hope and consolation of the entire world. He is the Messiah. He is the Redeemer. He is God made flesh. When Mary and Joseph brought Christ to the temple, Simeon embraced the child and prayed the canticle of Simeon, which again in Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 29, says, Now thou dost dismiss thy servant, O Lord, according to thy word, in peace, because my eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to the revelation of the Gentiles and the glory of thy people, Israel. Because of the words of the canticle, a light to the revelation of the Gentiles, by the 11th century, the custom had developed in, in the West of blessing candles on the feast of the presentation. The candles were then lit, and a procession took place through the darkened church while the canticle of Simeon was sung. Because of this, the feast also became known as Candle Mass. While the procession and blessing of the candles is not often performed in the United States today, or I shall say it has been performed in almost all the churches that I have attended um, uh, since I came into the church, not all of them, but almost all of them, Candle Mass is still an important feast in many European countries. And they suggest 
if you don't have that in your church, there's some things you can do at home for your family. You can hold your own candlelight procession at home, teaching your children the significance of the light as a symbol of Christ. You can ask a priest to bless the candles you hope to use at home this year. Normally, candles are blessed today on candle mass. You can read the gospel account of the presentation found in the gospel of Luke chapter 2, verses 22 to 35. And you can pray a decade of the rosary, focusing upon the presentation of the Lord, which is the fourth joyful mystery. Today would normally be, it's Wednesday, um, February 2nd would normally be the glorious mysteries, but it'd be very appropriate to play, pray the glorious mysteries and an additional mystery, the fourth mystery of the presentation of the Lord and the joyful mysteries. Um, this morning, dear ones, uh, we prayed matin, we pray uh, matins um, uh, every morning at 5 a.m., and then we follow that by Lords and the Angelus and Holy Mass. And today, um, in Matins, there's readings from uh, the sermons of St. Augustine, pardon me, Bishop of Hippo in the 4th century, the 300s. And he said this, it's just an excerpt from his homily, and I love them. He says, in old time it was written, and of Zion shall it not be said, this and that man was born in her, and the highest himself shall establish her. Blessed be the omnipotence of him, that's God. Blessed be the omnipotence of him that was born. Blessed be the glory of him that came from heaven to earth. While yet he was born in his mother's womb, he was saluted by John the Baptist. He was presented in the temple and recognized by that famous, ancient, and glorious, worthy, the old man Simeon. As soon as he knew him to be worshipped, as soon as Simeon knew him, Christ, as soon as he recognized him in Mary's arms, he worshipped him and said the Lord, said to the Lord, Now let us thy servant depart in peace, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Simeon uh, had been told, dear ones, by the Lord that he should not die before he saw the Lord's Messiah. So as soon as he recognized him by the power of the Holy Spirit, as soon as Simeon recognized him among hundreds of people in the temple in Mary's arms, he said, thank you, Lord. I can die now. I can die because my eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before all people, a light for revelation of the Gentiles and glory to thy people Israel. It's just so magnificent, dear ones. We're going to continue with St. Augustine's homily as soon as we return from this break. And after the second break, we'll take your calls, your texts, your emails, and the toll-free number to call in with anything at all on your heart is one 877 5483 or email at We'll be right back.
Are you holding on to an old car or truck because you think dealers won't want it? Then consider donating it to the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. This is a great way to turn your unvalued vehicle into a powerful gift for Catholic Radio. You'll be taking part in our evangelization efforts to continue spreading Christ's love throughout the world. Our Lord uses Catholic Radio to draw more people to Himself, and one of the best ways to support the Station of the Cross is by contributing to our vehicle donation program. The process is safe and simple. Your generosity will greatly benefit our mission to bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners. To find out more or to donate your vehicle today, visit thestationofthecross.com or call 1-866-628-CARS. That's the stationofthecross.com or 1-866-628-2277. Prayer in time of affliction. Blessed, O Lord, be thy name forever. Who has permitted this affliction to come upon us? We cannot escape it, but must of necessity fly to thee to help us and turn it to our good. Lord, we are now in affliction. Our souls are ill at ease, for we are much troubled with this present suffering. Let it please Thee, O Lord, to deliver us, for poor wretches that we are. What can we do without Thee? Thy mighty hand can do all things. Give us patience, O Lord, and strength and peace. Help us, O God, and we will not fear, no matter how grievously we may be afflicted. O Lord, Thy will be done. Welcome be the will of God. Sacred Heart of Jesus, we place our trust in Thee. Amen. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live, and I am live, and I am, am thrilled to be with you. We are speaking about Simeon at the moment, uh, Simeon and Anna, who were in the temple uh, when Mary and Joseph brought the child Jesus on the 40th day after his birth, according to the Mosaic Law, to the temple to be presented to the Lord, because the first child that opened the womb was the Lord's under the Jewish law. And so the parents needed to buy him back by taking him to the temple and paying the price of two turtle doves or pigeons, um, which Joseph and Mary did. And as they approached the temple, Simeon, um, an elderly man in the temple, who was told somehow by the Holy Spirit that he would not die until he saw the the Lord's Messiah was waiting in the temple and he recognized the Messiah among the hundreds of people there in Mary's arms. And he went to Mary and he took the child and held that little 40-day-year-old baby up to God and said, I can die now, Lord. Dismiss thy servant in peace. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before all time, 
before all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to thy people Israel. And St. Augustine says of Simeon, he lingered in the world to see the birth of him who made the world. The old man, that's Simeon, knew the child, that's Jesus. The old man, Simeon, knew the child, and in that child became a child himself. For in the love wherewith he regarded the father of all, he felt his own years to be but as of yesterday. The old man, Simeon, bore the newborn Christ, and all the while... Christ was the old man's Lord. It had been told him by the Lord that he should not taste of death before he had seen the birth of the Lord's Christ. Now Christ is born, and all the old man's wishes on earth are fulfilled. He that came to a decrepit world came to an old man. He wished not to remain long in the world, Simeon, but he longed to see Christ in the world, singing with the prophet and saying, Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. And now at last, that ye may know that the cause of his joy was that his prayer was granted, he saith, Now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. The prophets have sung that the maker of heaven and earth would converse on earth with men and uh, with, I'm sorry, would converse on earth with men um, and an angel hath declared that the creator of flesh and spirit would come in the flesh. The unborn John, yet in the womb, hath saluted the unborn Savior, yet in the womb. The old man Simeon, had seen our God, a little child. Whenever I think of that, beloved, I think of a very wonderful uh, Russian painting that I uh, saw years ago of the visitation of Mary going to Elizabeth, having Mary just having conceived the Son of God by the Holy Spirit. Um, And now she went to Elizabeth, who was with child six months before Mary, and Mary went to Elizabeth And the two women stood before each other, Mary with child and Elizabeth with child. And I I pictured the son of Elizabeth's womb, who was six months older than the child in Mary's womb, bowing to the child in Mary's womb, who was his God. And that's exactly um, what would have happened. And I said, I wish I could see that. And one day, I can't... I have to get it for you to show it to you on camera, but, oh, I'm sorry. It's the most magnificent painting of Mary of Mary and Elizabeth facing each other with the child in both wombs and the artist draw the child in Elizabeth's womb bowing to its Lord and Creator in Mary's womb in Mary's womb. Sorry for my hiccups. I just, uh, to me, it's breathtaking. And uh, St. Augustine said, um, let me just see, the prophets have sung that the maker of heaven and earth would converse on earth with men and angels, hath declared that the 
creator of flesh and spirit, would come in the flesh. The unborn John, yet in the womb, hath saluted the unborn Savior, yet in the womb. The old man Simeon hath seen God, a little child. Let me just, one more. Th- Let me go to one more. I'm so sorry. Um, to continue. <clears throat> Um, is another homily. I don't know. We'll have a few minutes for it on this passage. Just excerpts from St. Ambrose, who bishop also. And it reads, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. The birth of the Lord is attested not only by angels and prophets and shepherds, but also by elders and just men. Every age and both sexes, as well as the miracles of the events themselves, are here to strengthen our faith. A virgin conceiveth, a barren woman beareth, a, a dumb man speaketh, Elizabeth prophesieth, the wise man worshipeth, the unborn child leapeth, The widow praiseth, and the just man waiteth. Let me read that over in modern English. A virgin conceives, a barren woman bears, a dumb man speaks, Elizabeth prophesies. I'm so sorry. The wise man worships, the unborn child leaps, the widow praises, and the just man waits. How beautiful that is. Well is he called just, who looked not for favor for himself, but for consolation for his people, that's Simeon. Jesus is the hope and consolation of Israel and the whole world. Simeon desired to be set free from the bondage of his frail body, but he waited to see the promised one, for he knew that blessed are the eyes that see him. Then took he... Then took he him up in his arms. Oh, I'm so sorry. I can't swallow these hiccups. Then Simeon took the divine child up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. Behold, a just man confined in the, in the weary prison of the body desiring to be dissolved and to begin to be with Christ. For to be dissolved and to be with Christ is much better. Whosoever will be dissolved and be with Christ, let him come into the temple. Let him come to Jerusalem. Let him wait for for the Lord's Christ. Let him take hold on the word of God. Let him embrace it with good works as it were, with arms of faith, of faith, and then let him depart in peace, for he shall not see death, who hath seen, he shall not see death, who hath seen life. Behold now, the Lord's birth doth overflow with abounding grace for all. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. And prophecy is not denied to the just, but to the unbelieving, behold, Simeon prophesies that the, the Lord Jesus Christ 
is come for the fall and rising again of many. Yea, he shall separate the just from the unjust by their deserts, and according as our work shall be, so shall the true and righteous judge command us to be punished or rewarded. Oh, beloved. Um, All through the scriptures, we are promised a Messiah, a Redeemer, uh, a Christ. Christ is the English word for Messiah. Um, uh, Mashiach in in Hebrew, Messiah in the English of the of the Hebrew word Hebrew the word Messiah, Mashiach. I'm sorry, Mashiach in Hebrew, Christ um, is the Greek translation of the word Messiah, and. Um, it's actually English. Oh, am I messing this up big time? Let me start again. Mashiach is Hebrew. Messiah is the English of the Hebrew in the Old Testament. And in the New, uh, it means the anointed one. And Christos, when uh, our Lord was born, the common language of the people in Israel was Greek. Uh, Koine Greek, the common language of Greek, the common Greek. And so Messiah became Christos in Greek, and Christos became Christ in English. He is the Christ, meaning Jesus is the Christ. It's not his name, Jesus Christ. He's not Mr. Christ. It is Jesus, the Christ. Yeshua, which means God is salvation. Yeshua, ha, the Christos, the Christ. Yeshua, ha, Mashiach, Jesus the Messiah, however you put it. He is Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, the Redeemer, the Anointed One, the one who came came to save the whole world from their sins and rose from the dead to give us life. And today, 40 days after his birth, according to the law of Moses, he's taken to the temple by his mother, who also needs to be purified this day, according to the law. She was without sin, but she still needed to be purified um, under the law of Moses. And that could only happen in the temple, even though she had no sin. She was without sin. And Christ, who was without sin, needed to be presented and brought back. Can you imagine that? The God of the universe um, had to be brought back um, by his parents. It's an amazing, amazing story, and it's a great fantasy. I don't blame anyone for not believing it, beloved. One gentleman uh, asked me a couple of nights ago, how, do, how come the Jews don't believe? How come the disciples, the apostles didn't believe? Jesus kept telling them who they were, who he was, much tremendous proofs uh, of his being God. He claimed to be God over and over again. They still didn't believe. They still don't believe for the most part. And the only answer to that, beloved, is that faith is a gift. Faith is a gift. That's it. You can pray for people, but it's faith is a gift. Pray for the Holy Spirit to be active in their lives and for them to be not fearful, but receptive to his gift of love. It will never hurt anyone to become uh, Catholic, but it will hurt them for all eternity to choose not to be Catholic. Um, God bless you, dear ones. There's our music for our break. We'll take your calls, your texts, your emails right when we come back from the break. Don't go away. 
Here at the Station of the Cross, we proudly bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners through radio and mobile devices, and we're grateful for the feedback we've received. I discovered the Station of the Cross rather providentially a year ago. I've been a loyal listener ever since. I can't overestimate the value of the station when it's made a difference in my life in terms of making me better informed Catholic. It has enriched my faith and sold me during tough times. It made me laugh on several occasions. I commend the important work of this great apostolate. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I listen to the radio. And if I can listen to something that brings me closer to God, closer to Jesus Christ, then it's the most beautiful thing. If you've been blessed by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112. Then share your testimonial with us. You can listen to any of our network-produced programs at your convenience, wherever you enjoy podcasts. Hear a powerful sermon you need to share with a loved one? Maybe there's a guest or teaching segment that deserves another listen. You can find all of our shows on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, our website, and the free iCatholic Radio app. Be uplifted in your faith. Listen today at thestationofthecross.com or on your favorite podcasting platform. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show. We're happy to be with you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We strive to keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and a look at the news stories of the day that you need to know. Join us on the Catholic Drive Time Show every weekday morning at 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. That's on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. God love you. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, and this is our half hour together, my favorite part of the program. Um, and you are welcome to call in with anything on your heart whatsoever, the matter of the heart. The heart of the matter is the matter of your heart, not what we're speaking about. And our numbers, um, our toll-free number to call in is one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. And um, our lines are wide open. You're welcome to call in at any time. We have an email from um, AA. I don't know. Um, um, it's just AA in Virginia. <clears throat> and she says, I've been studying Catholicism half, he or she, I don't know. I've been studying Catholicism half heartedly for, for a decade or so. But in the past two, three years, I have intensified that study. And I've been. Um, Sorry, I lost my place. I've intensified that study, and I believe that I'm ready to leave the Protestant faith of my childhood and become a Catholic. Oh, bless you, AA. God bless you for not being afraid to, to study and look into the Catholic faith. AA writes, I always see the links to your show in my LifeSite morning newsletter, um, but only today decided to listen for the first time. Hearing you say that you had been on evangelical, 
evangelical and converted was a comfort to me, um, uh, as were your comparisons of Protestant belief to Catholic theology. You've lived both virgins, that's right, AA, both virgins, and know the revelations about the true faith that I, that I am discovering uh, constantly. I just wanted to ask you to remember folks like me in your prayers. Oh, AA, absolutely, absolutely. And I ask our listeners to remember AA and others as well on their journeys to the church. The ones making a huge change to live more in cohort, in accordance with God. I'm living, um, let me just see, I'm doing this on my own without the support of most of my family. But the pull or desire I feel um, the pull or desire I feel to make this change is nearly overwhelming, knowing that there will be um, oh I'm so sorry I, I don't know why I'm so tired, dearest. Um, she says, I'm doing this on my own without the support of most of my family. But the pull or desire I feel to make this change is nearly overwhelming. Knowing that you have been there, too, is very inspirational. Thank you, and God bless. AA in Virginia. AA, dear one, it was almost a five-year journey for me. So um, I probably looked at every doctrine and questioned it as you're doing. Um, it is, um, it's a, it's a, it can be a very difficult journey at times, but it's absolutely worth every bit of it. Um, AA, God bless you, and we'll pray for you. We have a call from Ray in Massachusetts. Hi, Ray. Hi, Mama. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you? But I learned so much from your program, and I want to thank you for being a devout Catholic and, uh, you know, shedding a light on a lot of confusing issues that some of us Catholics who uh, uh, are not as astute at this as you just have questions that come up and we don't have answers to, you know. Thank you, Ray. And you are learn You learn even when I keep falling asleep, huh? <laughs> oh boy well that, that shows you have a peaceful soul I guess you know oh I like that I like that <laughs> I have a question um, I listen as often as I can usually sometimes two or three times a week to your program and I have a question uh, several I want to say maybe two possibly three weeks ago the way time is flying <laughs> mm -hmm. um there was, uh, I forget exactly how you got on the topic, but it was, it had to do with what I'm going to call Eucharistic ministers. Okay. And, and I think, I don't want to misquote you, and I, I'm not going to quote at all, because I can't remember the quote, but uh, I, I don't want to throw people off. But I think, and I may be wrong, I think you said that uh, with what I'm calling Eucharistic ministers, that the only way you should receive communion is through the consecrated hands of a priest. And um, I did say that. I, mm -hmm. Okay, and I, I mentioned that to somebody, you know, not in, in an argumentative fashion, but I just mentioned that to somebody who knows several Eucharistic ministers, and the lady I was mentioning it to said, really, you heard that? And I said, yeah. Mm -hmm. And she said, where would that come from? And I said, I have no idea, but the perhaps church. I can get through to, I know. perhaps I can go to right to the source. <laughs> so what, am I correct in that there are no technically recognized Eucharistic ministers? Is that correct? That's not correct because, Ray, the church allows it. 
but that's new. That's following Vatican II. I'm not commenting on Vatican II, uh, just the idea that there were no ministers except the priest prior to Vatican II. The minister is the priest. Um, and what Vatican II initiated was not so-called Eucharistic ministers, but extraordinary, extraordinary ministers of the Eucharist. That's what they initiated. And we make a shortcut, Eucharistic ministers, which is wrong. Extraordinary ministers of the Eucharist, they're extraordinary, extraordinary, because they are in addition to the priest for extraordinary uh, means for per- times, extraordinary times, not to be uh, uh, signed up for every Sunday and all of that. It, it's for extraordinary means. And so it, it, I believe it's been abused and shortened to Eucharistic ministers. Um, um, and no, it's lost its context, it's lost its meaning. What I repeated by saying that no one but the consecrated hands of a priest should even touch the host, not even a deacon, um, that's, those are the words that I was quoting of Bishop Athanasius Snyder, um, just a fantastic bishop from, from Kakistan, and um, he said that only, and it's always been that way till Vatican II, the only one that should touch that host should hold God is the consecrated hands, the sacred hands of the priest. No one else should touch God. Um, again, not even a deacon, uh, let alone other, other so-called ministers. So the church has allowed it. So I, I cannot say the church is wrong or that it is wrong. I do believe it's a desecration. Now, what I've done is that when I go to Catholic, I'm in my 70s, so... Are you still there? I'm here. Yes, go ahead, dear. Okay. Yeah, when I go to Catholic Mass, and I, I don't know why I've always done this, always done this, with two exceptions when it had to be done this way, but I've always, whenever I've gone to Mass uh, on Saturday Saturday evening, there may be, like, you know, the, the officiating <laughs> priest, and there may be two or three what I'm calling Eucharistic ministers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, sometimes I have seen this. I have seen this, not often, but I have seen it, where the priest... Not being physically debilitated, able to walk around or sometimes is sitting in the chair on the altar, and he himself is not administering uh, Holy Communion, but the Eucharistic ministers are. That's wrong. And I've always got a bad feeling about you that. You should. It's wrong. Unless he's <laughs> incapacitated. Is, uh-huh. Right. The other thing is, when I'm given the choice, like if, if there's three rows going down to receive Communion, one being the priest and two, let's say, being Eucharistic ministers, I always, always, with two exceptions when it had to be, I always got into the other line, lane, I should say, to go directly to the priest. Me too. I don't know. Yeah, and I, 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 so I'm not being uh, insulting of the church. No. Am I? No, you're not insulting anyone. The issue is Christ, not people. It, the issue is that we're going before the God of the universe to receive him. Don't worry about people at that point. We're not there to please anybody. We are there to receive God and hopefully from the hands of a holy priest. Well, God bless you, Mother, and please keep up the wonderful work, and may God give you many healthy, happy years to continue this, this ministry, oh, okay? God bless you, Ray. Pray that I stay awake. Okay. 
<laughs> okay. God bless you, sweetheart. Bye-bye. <clears throat> I have a text from someone who writes anonymously and says, Dear Mother Miriam, I'm a devout Catholic single woman. As you know, this year, New York State mandated vaccines for all health care workers. I tried every avenue to get a religious exemption and managed to get it delayed for two months, but finally I had no options left. I have no other source of income, um, and after speaking with several priests and not having enough time to find a comparable job outside of health care to pay my bills, and after much prayer, I did receive the vaccination. It was not my real choice, and I did protest. I I have to interrupt your email at that point. It was your choice. I'm not blaming you for it. I don't think you've sinned at all. You don't have to go to confession. But we need to to be mature. We need to take responsibility for our actions. So if you say it was not my real choice and I did it in protest, uh, you didn't because you finally took it. Um, and it was your choice at that point for financial reasons. But you need to own up to that. You need to say... I chose to take it. I didn't want to, but I chose to take it, um, even though I protested at first uh, because of finances. That's more honest, because I've had several people write in and say I was forced to take it. Nobody is forced to take it unless you're physically knocked out or held down. Um, uh, This person goes on to say, I prayed so much about it. Now being faced with the possibility of having to get a booster, I am earnestly praying that I have enough time to seek another job because I need to be able to support the house I just bought, etc. And I help others in my family. I just pray that God will be merciful and forgive me and protect me. I hope that's what he has done through my prayers. I am also getting involved now more than ever in pro-life activities and just attended March for Life. Well, you haven't asked a question. Um, You've just told me your situation. And I tell you that were it me, I would not have given in. God will never see the righteous begging bread. If I just bought a house and had to pay for it, I would default on payments or sell the house or take a loan or do something. I would not give in to evil. And to take the vaccination is not only giving in to evil and immorality, but it's, it's, it's giving in to what is an experiment that is not a vaccination. Uh, it is destroying the bodies of those who have taken it. So um, uh, it seems to me you've had uh, quite a bit of time to look for a job um, and and you haven't done it. So it, it's your choice, my dear one, um, but, but be truthful about it and know that, you know, we're going to have to make bigger sacrifices than this in the days to come. And if we give in, Um, we're going to have no strength to not give in the next time. So we need, dear ones, to live our Catholic faith. We need to refuse this evil. And um, we need to begin to find other ways to support us. If uh, I just mentioned the threat of the Russian invasion on the Ukraine, which uh, is going to involve the United States and 
you know, through attacks, cyber attacks, could take out our electricity. I think what we need to do right now is not count on anything. We need to have a few months' supply of food, tremendous amount of water, candles or other ways of lighting our house. We need to be prepared not to have computers or or iPhones at all. Uh, if the electricity goes out. So it, it it's going to be a very different world. It may or may not happen, and it may or may not happen quite soon. We need to start living as Catholics, even in the catacombs did, to find ways to protect us and our family and not count on jobs or other people supplying us. Um, we'll be right back. Um, with your calls, your emails, and your texts right after the break, beloved. Our toll-free number, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. If the cares and anxieties of life are weighing you down, Come to the St. Thomas More House of Prayer and allow the Lord to refresh your soul. The St. Thomas More House of Prayer is a Catholic retreat center devoted to praying and promoting the liturgy of the hours. You'll find a tranquil atmosphere that's ideal for deep prayer, whether as an individual or for a group retreat. We're located at 365 Hill City Road in Cranberry, Pennsylvania. Make your reservation today or learn more at liturgyofthehours.org. You can also call us at 814-676-1910. That's 814-676-1910. We would love to help you experience the Liturgy of the Hours and discover the prayer that will change your life. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam, host of Mother Miriam Live. Like the Catholic Current and the many other programs that originate from the Station of the Cross, Divine Mercy in My Soul is all about the messages that Jesus revealed to St. Faustina. It is aired every Sunday morning at 11 Eastern and Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Or you can listen anytime to Divine Mercy in My Soul on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. The Station of the Cross appreciates the generosity of our supporters. We are committed to keeping our donors' accounts up to date. If there have been changes made to your payment information, please call us so that we can update your account. 1-877-888-6279, extension 104. Or update your information online at thestationofthecross.com. Thank you for your generous support of Catholic Radio. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment. We have about 10 minutes, and you are still welcome to call in. Our lines are wide open, 1-877-511-5483. We have an email from Susie who writes, Hi, Mother. I want to first thank you for your wonderful program at Station of the Cross. Words cannot explain how much you have helped me during these difficult times. May God bless you and protect you. Susie, thank you, dear one, so much. Susie writes, I recently read an article by a non-Catholic suggesting that we should leave the Catholic Church over Pope Francis's recommendation to take the abortion-linked vaccine. I'm going to interrupt right there to say that that non-Catholic has no clue what it means to be Catholic. It, it means not to be in a denomination as that non-Catholic uh, uh, possibly is if, if he or she counts uh, herself or himself a Christian. Um, it is to be in the church Christ astound, uh, founded. And um, you know, we don't leave, uh, we don't live, someone has said, we don't leave Jesus for Judas. Judas left, um, and uh, none of the disciples left because of him. And so um, we need to understand that Pope Francis is a human being, he is weak, he is fallible, just like the rest of us. And the only time that we need to uh, truly, fo- we should be able to trust and follow him uh, on all his teaching. But the only time we're bound to follow him is if and when he teaches ex cathedra or ex cathedra, it's out of the chair of Peter, a, a matter of faith or morals that is binding on the faithful. This Pope has never taught any such thing, not a single doctrine or moral issue that is binding on the faithful to believe. So that means he's, he's done much that's uh, against the faith, but um, nothing that we are bound to believe. So, so no, we don't leave the church because of a pope who is in error and who is confusing. Um, there have been such popes in the past. God is building his church and will protect it and will lead it into all truth. He promised that. Um, till the end of time. So we don't leave the church because of anyone that's in error, including the Pope. Um, Susie goes on to say, obviously he, the Pope, does not understand our faith and should just be ignored. Um, I've been critical of Pope Francis, but uh, still pray for him. I wouldn't put it in that language, Susie. Um, we still need to, yes, we do need to pray for him, and we here, uh, the Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel, so pray for the Pope and his conversion every single day. Um, but we, he, he must not be ignored. He sits in the chair of Peter, and um, he's a successor to Peter, and we, um, we need to maintain the respect for, his, for the office of the papacy, even if the one holding that office is in error. So we don't ignore him. Um, uh, it's not uh, wrong to be critical of what he says if what he says is not in keeping with the faith. Susie says, but reading this article, I felt general... Uh, the article given to her by a non-Catholic. She says, I felt genuine sorrow and pain. I started to cry and could not stop. I felt such hurt and believe that this hurt was God telling me something. I felt sorry for him. I felt sorry for Pope Francis directly. 
Do you have any explanation for this happening to me? He has said and done so much lately that does not seem to come from God. So why did I feel so much pain and sorrow for Pope Francis? And she says, I look forward to every one of your programs. Thank you so much, Susie. Susie, I think that deep sorrow is from God. I I do imagine it is from God because he needs prayer. He needs to repent. He needs to be converted. And I think God put that sorrow on your heart that he would truly be prayed for. I do believe that was from God, dear Susie. Um, And so do pray for him. I think God has given you that commission. Do pray for Pope Francis that he would be converted and that he would repent um, and fulfill the honor of his office and the duty of it to speak truth. We have an email from Debbie. Debbie says, good morning, Mother Miriam. I pray that you're well. I am, dear Debbie. Thank you, except I have to keep my eyes open and awake. I just had to write to you and share my happiness. I called you about being disconnected from my family over the holidays, over disagreements, fighting, etc. You then read a beautiful book about a burglar. It was a Christmas story. I'm the grandma living in the basement with my family upstairs. Well, hi, Debbie. I remember you exactly. I remember you. In fact, I read that story thinking about you. Um, Debbie says, I just want to say thank you, and God must have heard you, as something happened the next day, and God found a way to bring us together, one day at a time. Never give up hope. God is great. God bless you, Mother, and everyone listening. Oh, Debbie, we bless God. That's, that is a miracle. It is a miracle. I'm so pleased for that. And, beloved, if you didn't hear the story about that burglar, it's a magnificent story. It's in a book of Christmas stories. And I tell you, um, today ends, uh, it's the presentation of our Lord in the temple, uh, is also the purification of our Blessed Mother and Candle Mass. Um, and this ends the Christmas season, Christmas tide, and we're going to begin taking down our Christmas tree here in Beloit. Um, uh, but um, and you, if you look at traditional parishes it, up till today, their Christmas trees and decorations were still up, uh, but now they'll be to begin taking them um, down. But I'm going to read other stories, and they're just magnificent. Uh, I think starting this Friday, and Friday will be our story days. Um, just beautiful, beautiful stories. I'm reading them to the sisters here in the evenings, and they're just beautiful. And I said, they, they, they help us so much. Uh, they're by Carol Houselander, who's one of my favorite authors in the world. Um, she died last century, and they're very beautiful So this Friday, we'll begin that. But Debbie, I'm so happy. I'm so happy for your email. We're very close to our our closing of the program. I'm so thrilled for your email um, and that beautiful story about the burglar that you heard it. And I think if I remember, Debbie, a woman called in the next day also with a message for you um, about a similar home situation. Pardon me, I'm not sure about that, but I'm just absolutely thrilled that you are now not shut off from your family and your grandchildren in that basement, and that you can be a family. And just live, Debbie, if I remember your situation, don't say a thing about the faith, 
Don't criticize anything. Don't give advice. Just live your faith as a Catholic woman and grandmother and, um, and let God do the rest. Just live in love and let God do the rest. And don't have any difficult expressions or anything of that sort. Live the faith as much as you can. Um, and let God do the rest. Okay, beloved, that's what we all need to do. We need to live the faith as if it were true. And if it's true, we wouldn't be going to restaurants on Sunday. We wouldn't be going to shopping malls. We wouldn't be going out um, and making other people work on Sunday so we could buy or sell or, or get what we need. Uh, we would want them to have the day off to worship God as well. And so um, we need to start living our faith, dear ones, in the world, in the home, with our children for sure, and in the world, and in the home, a rosary every night without fail. God bless you, everyone. There is the closing music, and I better say goodbye before I fall asleep again. God bless you. God love you, and we'll speak with you tomorrow, God willing.